goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. So hello everyone. Welcome to one more episode of the Data Transformers podcast. Today I'm excited to introduce a guest uh, who uh, I've been um, in touch with for the last four or five years, Jill Dushay. Jill is an executive uh, advisor, a software executive, a founder of uh, companies, and then uh, author of multiple books. And uh, so Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, you guys. Happy to be here. Thank you. So Jill, now you've done it all. So let us know what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'm kind of mixing it up a little bit during the pandemic. Why not, right? So I uh, am doing some strategy consulting with some independent clients. I'm on retainer. I've got three clients right now, and it's uh, uh, they're very different. So it's very engaging, and I'm always learning. So it's great. Um, and then I'm also running a nonprofit. So uh, I run Out of the Cage, which is a nonprofit that rescues uh, dogs in high kill shelters around Southern California. So it's still very much a, a problem, the, uh, the problem of euthanasia in animal shelters across the country. And we're seeking to uh, mitigate that and find urgent dogs for ever families. Wow, that's, 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 really, that's really great, Jill. Um, you know, I think the pandemic has certainly, um, you know, caused or, you know, changed a lot of the way that people are, are working and um, executing on, on data strategies and projects. So um, I'm curious as to um, any shifts in terms of either the strategy or, you know, the really execution um, from, from what you're hearing from your customers versus maybe a year or two ago before, before COVID. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think now, um, my clients are interested in um, reducing their technical debt in modernization through digital technologies. And, you know, analytics and data are just at the forefront of that. Um, and, and even modernizing their analytics environments to a certain extent with the emergence of newer technologies and newer solutions and some of the open source trends that we're seeing. And so, the, the best clients are the ones that understand the strategic value of all that stuff. And so that's what I'm, you know, it's, it's kind of nice when you're an independent consultant and you can pick and choose your clients. And I'm choosing the ones that understand the strategic value of data. So um, that's a nice luxury for me. Been focusing a lot is on data, Jill, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, the quality, like the value of a good data, you know, you keep saying it, it cannot be underestimated, right? Yeah. So what are you seeing with respect to the quality of data now, let's say, so compared to a few years ago, right? It seems almost like we keep talking about it, but there is not enough progress or enough action that's done. So what, what's your thinking on that one? 
Yeah, so I, it's interesting because um, I'm having some similar conversations with my clients around being more tactical, being more execution oriented, and working within the context of the various analytics applications that need the data, as opposed to focusing on platforms. So, you know, you guys know, you know, back in the day, there was this tendency to just load a bunch of data and then worry about it later, right? And companies don't have that luxury anymore. Um, executive management and boards of directors don't have the patience for those kind of exercises anymore. So what companies want to do is they want to get down to brass tacks. You know, how do we retain good customers and cast the net wider to, to get more customers, right? And, and what does that look like, not only from a data perspective, but from a data pipeline and process perspective, right? So the use cases have become very central to the data conversation like never before. Um, Jill, I just want to actually ask you, you mentioned earlier, you're being very selective in the types of customers that you're choosing. Um, can you give us a better profile of, of what you think are good, good customers that will actually adapt and um, execute on, on these type of tactical data analytics projects because I mean obviously it, it can't be large enterprises that you know are very slow to to move and um, make decisions. Yeah yeah that's a good point Peggy too because um, you know people still uh, really want to move more quickly. They want to be agile, you know, they want to execute, they want to deliver. And it's funny because the other day I was talking to a company and they were saying, you know, we want to be more mature with our analytics and data. You know, we want to, you know, we want to go up the maturity life cycle and how do we get to be more mature? And I just said, you know, maturity is in delivery. Right. I mean, you know, we can, you know, model the data all day long. We can load the data all day long. But when it comes to true maturity, it's it's really the cadence of actual value delivery, if you will. And so, you know, when I when I choose clients, it's 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 almost impossible now to find a company where, you know, that has nothing when it comes to analytics and data. And so, you know, the interesting companies are the ones that have taken themselves to a point where, you know, they've got some technology, they've got some platforms, they've got applications, they've got a, a business community that's, you know, data savvy now, you know, or at least they're saying the right things. And so how do we propel them forward and, and leapfrog some of the, the, the classic challenges that they've had in the past and, and link, you know, ideally link data and analytics with a larger corporate objective or set of objectives. So the value isn't just in the day-to-day, -day, you know, revenue generation or economies of scale, but also, um, you know, the, the enhancement of the brand, um, the ability to, to achieve corporate strategy, which, you know, executives are measured on, right? So it's almost, you know, data and analytics now almost have a higher purpose than they ever have before, because we're almost reliant on them to get the big stuff done. Right. So it's, it's, it's actually a real sea change because we got, I want to say we got away with, and you know, sometimes some places this was perfectly acceptable. We got away with these kind of little analytics point solutions that, you know, did our, you know, helped us do our day jobs and that was all fine. But I, you know, I think the objectives for analytics and data these days are a lot loftier. They have a lot more executive attention than ever. And the word strategy um, and mission, um, 
uh, you know, those words are used more often than ever before when it comes to analytics and data. So I think that's a good sign. Hmm. So along those lines, like it seems like as part of the strategy, you keep hearing about importance of data, importance of analytics. In the past, we said big data and, and then cloud computing, all these things come now. Suddenly the artificial intelligence seems to be upon us. Like it's, it's, it's either, you know, you're forced to do, if you're an executive, do something with it. I mean, even if you don't know what to do with it, yeah. right? One of the things that you say um, is that artificial intelligence will disrupt both internally as well as externally, right? Yeah. So can you clarify a little bit, what do you mean as part of your strategy? How does it, how is it going to disrupt internally? Yeah, in, internally, it's been a challenge because I think companies are waking up to the fact that the success, the external success of AI and machine learning is directly proportional to the richness of the data that you have, right? So if you're not mature in terms of not only just your data volumes, but in the integration of your data, right? In the, you know, in the meaningfulness of your data, then you're not going to get the bang for your buck with AI that you would if you had better data and more of it and, you know, richer integrated, interrelated data. Um, yeah, on yeah, you know, on various platforms, right? So um, it's it's been really interesting to see AI kind of pull data maturity along with it because you know the conversations are, you know, you know, wow, you know, we we can't really ask Alexa. Um, you know, certain certain questions, you know, without the right data on the back end. We can't enable our customers to actually um, see the benefits of our modern technologies without the right data. Um, so it's been a real wake-up call, I think, not only to executive managers, but to CIOs um, and, and in a lot of cases, chief marketing officers as well, that investment needs to be made in data if they want to take their capabilities to the next level. Hmm. Yeah, and that I mean, means organization, just to answer your question. Sorry, Peggy. Um, just, you know, that means not only reinvesting in data, but reinvesting in skill sets, you know, acquiring new skill sets. I, you know, I, I, I'm telling like all my clients right now, data is its own specialty. You can't link it to just, you know, operational applications. You can't just link it to, you know, a, a byproduct of operational systems development is its own specialization, right? So these, you know, companies with, you know, data offices or, you know, data management teams, um, you know, are ahead of the game when it comes to the readiness for some of these newer modern technologies. Actually, that was uh, part of my question to you, Jill, as well. I mean, I've seen a lot of organizations kind of put analytics um, at the at the end because that's really what is tangible, what people or executives can understand and see and touch. But there's a lot of other factors like building a, a data management office and having a data strategy that really propels and supports ultimately analytics at the end. Um, I was wondering if you you could share any other factors, contributing factors, right, in the organization that makes um, analytics program be, propel it to be successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's kind of a tired analogy, but, you know, Peter Drucker, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Culture is so important. I have a client right now um, and we had kind of our first big Zoom meeting and I was asking all these cultural conversations. And I think they were kind of like, what is she doing? Because, you know, I thought they, I think they thought I was going to go directly to data when in fact, 
the company's culture informs a lot of the success of, of how we approach data, right? There are mm-hmm. <clears throat> very engineering cultures that, that, that won't function very well in kind of a top-down planning. They need, you know, a, kind of a bottom-up plan uh, that focuses on execution. And, you know, there's a comfort level there around delivery. And we've got, you know, other cultures where, it, you know, if executive management hasn't approved and funded it, we don't do it, right? And so that informs another kind of delivery plan. And so culture is extremely important in the success of these data programs. And really, there's no wrong answer. I mean, I think in a lot of cases, when I ask these questions about culture, a lot of the companies are embarrassed, you know, well, we, you know, we know we need to be more strategic, but we're not. Hey, you know what, you know, let's meet you where you are right now and show some success and value. Can you give some examples (laughs) of questions you've asked to determine the culture level of, of a company? Sure. You know, I, I, I mean, one of the first questions I ask when we're talking about culture is, is describe a project that is universally considered a success. And then that kind of part B of that question is why it was it considered a success? And you get so much information from that question, right? Because um, one thing is, is how many people give you the same answer versus the diversity of answers there. That tells you something about measurement at that company, right? If everybody thinks that there are different projects that were successful, um, you know, that tells you that, wow, different people have different measurements for what success looks like, as opposed to people going, oh, yeah, you know, when we modernized our CRM, you know, program, and, you know, we Im- immediately, you know, increased our customer base by 30% through micro segmentation, and, you know, you know, and, and revenues resulted from that, you know, and everybody agrees interesting, right? So there's some, there's some measurements in there, right? That, you know, we increased revenue, we got more customers, right? So that's actually a very interesting kind of cultural statement about people's value and and the company's value in in what's important versus, you know, everybody naming off a different project, you know, Um, the implication there being that everybody has uh, different definitions of success. So, you know, it doesn't have to be an analytics project. It can be an enterprise project or some sort of strategic goal or something. But it t- the answers to that question tell you a lot about what's measured. And what you want to do with that is you, you want to design a program that echoes those success measurements. And, you know, in the case of, you know, there being a diversity of, of ideas about what success looks like, you know, you design a very kind of, you know, thin program that's very broad that lets people achieve those success metrics on maybe a smaller scale. Um, and so again, it comes back to kind of designing these programs around not only strategy, but around what it's going to take culturally for analytics and data to really be embraced by the company. How do these companies approach you? Do they approach you with a specific problem and say, Jill, we need to solve this problem. Can you advise us? Right. So that's one aspect of it. And then let's say once you've started the engagement, you've been selective about it. And then what's your approach uh, within the organization? What's a starting point? Uh, Is there a set starting point? Are you, how do you assess the maturity level of a culture or, or the, all of the aspects? So the two aspects, like how, how do the companies approach you? And then what is your starting point? Yeah, it's interesting. It's a good question. Um, I typically the conversation, um, there's, there's two kind of conversations companies um, come to me with. The first one is we've hit the wall. You know, everybody thinks we're done with analytics, that everything's good, or, you know, we, you know, we, 
we're ready to, to reinvest, but we don't know where. We've hit the wall with analytics and data, and we need to new, know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is some sort of education. Our executives don't get it. Or, you know, I myself need some executive coaching um, and, you know, can you, can you kind of help me with kind of a plan to, you know, reorganize the staff or, you know, to, to up my own understanding of analytics? Um, and kind of part B of that one might be um, our organization is broken. Can you give us kind of new organizational structures? That seems to be a hot one right now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so, you know, an organization has been designed around analytics goals that were kind of articulated, you know, five to 10 years ago. And analytics has outgrown that organizational structure and the skill sets within it. So how do we kind of recalibrate who does what and, and what the reporting structures look like and how that organization or those organizations report into the company at large? You know, how do we shake things up a little bit? Um so it's interesting. It's either the, you know, tell us what to do and how to move forward, or, you know, we're kind of at an inflection point here um, in terms of what we need to know. And can you help us kind of design that organization or program around what we need to know now? But who are those people exactly in, a, in the organization? Are they the board? Is it the CEO? I'm just curious at what level is someone asking you to come in and do a reorg design or et cetera? Yeah, it's typically a C-level executive who understands the need um, and maybe needs help um, articulating it or um, needs to drum up support for it. Um, So right now I've got a CIO and uh, a CMO and a vice president of marketing. Right. So it's it's typically C-level people that want that kind of external injection of expertise. And they're really smart in their own right. And they have suspicions on what to do. And they may just want, you know, somebody to kind of dig into to things and either, you know, kind of bless that approach or, you know, suggest some disruptive, you know, alternatives. You know, the brave people actually want to be challenged, right? The good executives, you know, want to be, you know, you know, want us to kind of unravel stuff together. So it's kind of fun to do that. And I, you know, I love executives who admit that they've reached their, you know, kind of threshold of knowledge and, you know, they want to move forward and they want the, you know, the company to move forward in the right way. It's actually interesting. You said CMO, like chief marketing officer. Um, You know, I've also been seeing a trend of the the marketing officer looking to, you know, understand their customer segments better or to do better sales and marketing operations and need better, better data. And it's kind of interesting. You also didn't mention uh, the chief data officer asking for you to come in and reassess because maybe it's a little too personal for them. It is. It is. That's a little too fraught, right? Um, and, you know, chief data officer is an interesting role because I've never seen it look the same exact way across companies, right? Um, it's kind of like that Tolstoy quote is every uh, unhappy family is unhappy in its own way kind of thing. Um, you know, every chief data officer is a little bit different and has a little bit different scope at every company. So, but yeah, if you reach the point where you're a chief data officer, um, you know, you've, you've probably reached that point because you have some very, very closely held beliefs that you've managed to um, convince people are the right direction to go in. 
Um, you know, I think people that may be a little higher level than that, um, or more on the business side than that, um, are more open to change. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.